0: Hi, you're listening to Stefan Levera Podcast, a show about Bitcoin and Austrian economics brought to you by Swan Bitcoin. Now, Swan has a new offer I'm excited to share with you. For those of you who are U.S. residents or taxpayers, Bitcoin is generational wealth and you can secure your bright orange future with the Swan IRA. It's real Bitcoin, no taxes. Swan offers both traditional and Roth IRA options to best fit your needs. You can create your IRA and start adding Bitcoin in less than one minute. Transfers and rollovers are available and Swan's Bitcoin experts will get you set up with no transfer fees and no minimum balance requirements. This is real Bitcoin, not an ETF or other derivative. Get the real thing and get it at Swan. Go to swan.com IRA for details. Mempool.space is my favorite Bitcoin explorer and I use it regularly when I'm about to target the fee for an on-chain transaction. Mempool.space is a comprehensive Bitcoin explorer that allows you to see various aspects of the ecosystem, whether that's the Mempool, the blockchain, or second layer networks like the Lightning Network. With memple.space, you don't have to trust a third party. It's free and open source software. You can host it, you can run it yourself, and you don't have to trust other people. Now, if you're with an enterprise, you can use memple.space with a customized memple instance. You can have your company's branding, you can have increased API limits and more. Go find out more at memple.space slash enterprise. Are you ready for something big? BTC Prague is coming June 8th to 10th. So make sure you take out your diary or your calendar, mark those dates, look up flights, look up hotels. This is going to be the biggest Bitcoin event in Europe. So if you're in or near Europe, I really strongly recommend you come along for this one. They are looking to have 10,000 people coming along. Now, maybe 3,000 or so of those people will be people who are already Bitcoiners, and let's say those 7,000 people might be newer to Bitcoin. So this is a fantastic opportunity to connect with other Bitcoiners. There is an awesome lineup of speakers. Michael Saylor himself is coming, as well as a range of other people. I will be there. I'll be one of the MCs, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Get your tickets over at btcprague.com. Use code LAVERA for a discount. And of course, if you pay with Bitcoin, you get a further discount on your ticket. That's btcprague.com, June 8th to 10th. Now for the episode today, my guest is Calvin Kim. He is a BitMEX and HRF grantee. He's joining me to talk about UtreeXO. So UTXO U-Tree can massively make the UTXO set much smaller. So this could be important for Making Bitcoin more accessible, making it easier for more and more people to validate Bitcoin and potentially have some privacy benefits. Also, so we talk about the ins and outs of this, as well as comparison with other with other ideas like Assume Valid, Assume UTXO, and get into some of the details about UTXO proofs, UTXO nodes, and all kinds of stuff. So, I hope you find this one educational.
1: Calvin, welcome to the show. Hi, um, glad to be here.
0: Yeah, so I'm excited to chat. I think this is going to be an interesting one for listeners to learn a bit more about u xo Bitcoin scaling and ideas like this. I know uh, you've been working on this for a little while. Can you just give listeners a, a bit of a background
1: on yourself? Who are you and what are you doing in this space? Uh, Okay, so my name is Calvin, and um, I'm currently working on the Utrexo projects with the grants from BitMEX. Uh, I've been doing that for about three years now. I've been involved with the research of the projects. Now I'm more... At the moment, I'm more involved in the implementation of uh, UserXO into an actual Bitcoin node. Um, and uh, in a few months, we're hoping to release something that uh, normal users can use. So I'm excited about that. Fantastic. And as I understand, this could help make it easy for
0: people to... Use Bitcoin in ways that maybe can reduce the download size and reduce their bandwidth requirements. Um, but we'll get into some of the details. So I guess
1: let's just start high level. W- what is U3XO? Right. I want listeners to take away one thing. U3XO is just a fancy Merkle tree. Okay. It's just a fancy Merkle tree. and if if I go into a little more detail about that, um, so let's just start from the beginning and let's just talk a little bit about Merkle trees. How I would like to look at Merkle Trees is it's just a black box. And if I could put in uh, element, uh, items to, to this black box and then it'll generate something, uh, it'll generate results. And if I keep that result, uh, people can prove to me that this item existed in, in, the, in the set. So um, I guess an easier example would be like if there's an event and, and let's say there's a guest list. And if there are four people on the guest list, uh, what I can do is I could make a Merkle tree out of that. And then I could only keep a very uh, compact summary of of the guest list. And each of the guests can prove to me that they're actually on the list. So if it's like a guest list of Alice, Bob, uh, Carol, and David, uh, Alice can prove to me that she's on the list, but I'm not keeping the entire list. So normally what you would do is you would have like... Uh, on a piece of paper or something, it's like Alice, Bob, Carol, David. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily keep all those four elements. I just keep this one compact summary, and Alice um, and everyone else brings me a proof that they're on the list, and I can verify that proof and just check that okay, this person is indeed on this list. So. That's something a Merkle tree can do. And this is really useful for, uh, well, in Bitcoin, it's currently used to uh, summarize, compactly summarize the transactions in, in the block. And we commit like this compact summary into the block header. And that's how we know, okay, this is, uh, these transactions in this block are indeed uh, connected to like this proof of work. And so, so that's like uh, Merkle trees. That's how it's being used in Bitcoin currently. Uh, so I said Utrechtso is a fancy Merkle tree. Why is it fancy? Uh, so it's fancy because it does two extra things. It allows you to add new things to, to the, to the Merkle tree and it allows you to delete, uh, things that already existed. So, um, going back to the example of like the, the guest list. So it's like Alice, Bob, Carol, and David. Uh, let's say, Hey, I want to, <laughs> I also want to invite, uh, Stefan as well. Like, I think he's kind of cool. <laughs> so I want him, I want him in the party. And so. Uh, with With the Merkle tree, you would actually have to recalculate the entire thing so So thinking of merkle tree as a uh, as a black box, uh, now we have to get uh, five uh, five elements like Alice Bob, Carol, David, plus Stefan into the into the black box so to add things or to delete things from the list. Uh, with the typical Merkle tree, you'd have to have the entire thing again. With u you don't have to do that. You just need the compact summary. And only with the compact summary, we can still add and delete things. So uh, with u if we were to use the guest list example again, but with u we don't need to do it all over again. We just need to Get get our compact summary and then add stuff onto the list. Right, so we can think of it like the compact summary plus the differences, rather
0: than yes. recomputing the entire thing. Yes.
1: I would love to have a whiteboard and go over it, but uh, it's yeah, kind of difficult yeah. to okay. do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. But I mean, let's let's try to put it in yeah. simple terms. So, I guess today when you run your Bitcoin node, you know, today yeah. it's probably over 550 gigabytes. Now there is a thing called pruning. Um, people Great. can prune the Bitcoin node and let's say 5 gigs of space and generally that they are holding what's called the UTXO set the unspent transaction output set Um, and so as I understand UTXO it's kind of like we could dramatically bring that size down to a few kilobytes instead of say 5 gigabytes as an example and so then it would be easier to let's say have a Bitcoin wallet and connect it with a Bitcoin like kind of like a, a cut down version of a Bitcoin node let's say So could you just break that down for us? Like the difference between, you know, the archival node storing everything ever, then let's say, you know, the full node, uh, like prune node, and then like a U3XO node, if you could explain that for us.
1: Um, So a Bitcoin node has like different modes per se. Uh so you could be an archival node and have the entire history and have the entire blockchain and also have the UTXO set. So that's one thing you can do. Uh the UTXO set being all the currently available bitcoins that are that are that can be spent. Um, but what you also can do is you could just delete the historical blocks from your, uh, your computer, your node. And so you could only keep the UTXO set and, and you could still validate new, new blocks that are coming in because you already know which bitcoins are available to be spent. And that's all the data you would need. Uh, UTXO take this a step further and says, uh, so we're, we're now shifting the burden. So, um, let me get, let me get it to this, uh, example. So. I I like the guest list example. So, uh, Alice, Bob, David, uh, Alice, Bob, Carol, and David. Before it, like currently a prune node keeps all of the, all of the list. So if we were to imagine like Alice as UTXO one, UTXO two, UTXO three, UTXO four, I have to keep everything in order to verify new, new transactions and new blocks. Uh, what UTXO does is I don't want to keep your, like your transaction, like I don't want to keep that. You prove to me. I I only want to keep the compact summary. You bring me the proof, and you prove that you are indeed in the UTXO set. So it is a shifting of the burden from the node runner to the person that is making the transaction. What this allows us to do is it. This allows us to very again like it compactly summarize the UTXO set. So uh, as you said, it makes uh, so you can now have a node that is a kilobyte because uh, one, we get rid of like the blocks because they're historical blocks. And then two, we can also get rid of any UTXO that we don't care about. If it's not my UTXO, I don't keep the proof for it. I don't keep that data. And so I just keep my things that I need to prove to others and others should prove to me that they exist in the UTXO set or the the coins that are trying to spend exist in the UTXO set.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So, as we we're saying, it's like this guest list or club example, and say, I want to get in to the club or whatever. And I need to prove to you, oh, hey, my name is actually on the list. Right. Here's my proof. Yep. And you can then check. Ah, oh, so you can see, oh, Stefan's, he's got his name is on the list. So he's allowed right. in. And in this analogy, what we're talking about here is the Bitcoin network allowing you to spend some coin. That's right. kind of what we're talking about here, right? So, could you also. I guess while we're here, it might be also good to spell out the difference or contrast with other ideas, such as assume UTXO or assume valid. If you could explain, I think, yeah, the assume UTXO, is there any relation? How are, how are these ideas different?
1: Um so assume utxo is uh it's related to utxo it, it fits in well with utxo because with assume utxo what you would do is in the binary in the bitcoin core software that you download it has a it has the ha- roots that is the of the UTXO set. So there's a compact summary of the UTXO set at a certain block uh, already there for you. And you sort of assume it's valid because it was included with the binary. Uh, you you have the option to validate from zero to that assumed UTXO set. But what that assumption allows you to do is uh, it start immediately from the tip. And, and that's really the advantage that Assume UTXO has, because if if a new user wants to start accepting uh, transactions right away with Bitcoin Core, uh, previously that had to sync up, and you know Bitcoin Core will tell you a message, you know we're not at the tip. It, any bitcoins that you receive now, it's probably not safe for you to accept them. But with Assume UTXO, there's there's a small assumption, but it allows you to verify new blocks that are coming in.
0: So just to clarify, as I understand, assume valid is already in Bitcoin Core today. Assume UTXO is not. Not yet. Yeah. So just so people are clear, listeners. So assume valid is generally it's on by default. Now you can turn that off. It's like a flag. You can, I think you could do assume valid equals zero. And then your Bitcoin node will, will validate all signatures since Genesis versus if you have it on default, I think it validates from like six months ago where that, wherever that snapshot was, Right. right?
1: So uh yeah, assume valid is something where uh because these blocks are very like they're very historical blocks. They're they're like a couple years in the past and so Uh, So it's saying, let's just take out the most expensive part of block validation, which is the signature validation. So you do everything else, but you don't validate the witnesses, the signatures. And uh, that's what assume valid is. Assume UTXO, sort of different. You're still assuming, but you're just given like this snapshot of a UTXO set at at a certain block. And you could just start um, uh, accepting new blocks from that height on. Assume, or well, UTXO. You could do sort of like a assume UTXO, not not a UTXO. Assume UTXO, where it it fills the gap, or or, or it, it's with assume UTXO. There's still the inconvenience of having to download the UTXO set. So let's say, so so if there is an assume UTXO like commitment at block uh, seven hundred thousand, I still need to download the UTXO set at that block height so that's gonna that's like four or five gigabytes that's gonna take me a little while assume you tree xo because since it's like a kilobyte just start right away it's included in the binary and so there is no waiting you just start right away and and that's that's uh that's sort of the idea that we have it's like hey we could g- take assume utxo a step further and have like assume utxo where it's even more convenient for users that are getting
0: started yeah and as i understand there are ways that this could be built out where you could have that new user start and be able to do make and take transactions straight away But in the background, that computer, let's say it's a proper computer, it can still be downloading the full blockchain. So it can kind of give you a quick start way that still eventually gets you to the full validation that having a full node or even an archival node, if you wish. So I guess that's one idea that some of the one way that these could be built out. Right, right. So when it comes to the proofs, then, could you talk us through that process a little bit? Because... I guess listeners might be thinking hang on how do I prove to you you know like how is the software working such that we prove to each other you know are there going to be special XO nodes and clients in order to work in this XO context because maybe the rest of the network doesn't know about or doesn't care about
1: that right right uh so there will be uh special utrxo nodes uh they will have a service bit that says they understand the utrxo uh, protocol rules and uh with, with these nodes uh you will so if you are a utrex node you will receive the block and the transaction as normal but you will receive the proof along with the with the transaction or the block so there there is a, a trade-off in that you are using more bandwidth so uh so it's not free but i but we think it's a very good trade-off because um the, the advancements in like the internet speeds, it's just, it's there. We just need infrastructure for that. And, um, whereas like, uh, disk IO, like the disk speeds, they're not really improving that much. Or, or like the storage, I guess, costs. <laughs> I could get in. So, so there's, there's a couple of things that are double, i'm just juggling in my head and um i could get yeah, sure. yeah, i could get into them yeah. yeah
0: but if you could just contrast then for people let's say i guess what you're getting at is the difference between running just a standard archival full node versus running that plus also being u 3 aware if you could explain that for us maybe and then we can go from there
1: uh, okay so in the u setting you would have mm, okay <laughs> okay so uh You can have UTXO nodes that are actually archival nodes. You can do that. Because UTXO, the only thing it applies to is the UTXO set. So if you choose to, you can keep the entire history of the blocks, but choose to prune the UTXO set. So you would still be like a... 400 500 gigabyte node except you wouldn't have the the utxo set that's like uh, 45 gigabytes what you can also do is you could do like a pruned utxo node where you get rid of the historical blocks and then you also get rid of and you also keep the compact summary of the utxo set and that's where like the really small nodes come in
0: i see yeah and so yeah then could you explain for us the yeah, what that would look like if you wanted to have just a really small, you know, this few kilobytes. Uh, so I guess the u component of it would be the few kilobytes, which is the, the proof. And then would you still need to be downloading new blocks as they come in? Or would you be fully operating in like a U3XO
1: way? Oh, so you would still be downloading new blocks as they come in. So blocks and transactions you would get as normal, uh, except after you validate them, you can just throw them away. Um, just like how normal prune nodes would work. I see. So it's like a
0: download, validate, and then throw it away. Yes. Because what I would do is check, oh, are there any transactions I care about or are there any transactions that you know, are coming to me? Obviously, right. I'm going to keep those and then I'll throw away the rest. Right. That's the model.
1: Right, right, right.
0: So it's just yeah.
1: prune nodes
0: on steroids, Okay. (laughs) And so, yeah, so there's all kinds of like, I think this could really open things up in terms of how many people could run a Bitcoin node. And that's, I presume that's the idea, right? The idea is right now today, there's a lot of people who don't run a Bitcoin node, right? And we know, you know, if you look at the numbers, it's probably something in the, I mean, at a guess, tens of thousands, 50,000, something like that, probably around the world today. And we're, we're talking, you know, maybe 40 or 50 million people today who hold some UTXO. So it's kind of like we're talking a small number of people. And so potentially this could increase
1: the availability or the access for that. So could you elaborate a bit on that? Um, so, yeah, that's one of the benefits that um, I think Utrex so uh, brings to Bitcoin users. Uh, there, there are several benefits I would like to get into, but the the one is that, hey, nodes are now easier to run. It's easier to run because one, you could do like an assume eTreeXO thing and just get started uh, right away. Uh, two, uh, just the fact that the node is so small allows us to put nodes where they really couldn't live before. Um, and one of the ideas that we've had was, hey, you could actually feasibly have a node running in your browser as a browser extension. So you could just have in your in your Chrome or Firefox, you would just download a browser extension and that's your node. And every time you use your browser, your node is on. And so you could feasibly do that. Uh, another thing you could also do is have um, have a node that is bundled with the wallet clients And so you could have something like Blue Wallet, but, but Blue Wallet is downloading actual blocks and it's actually valid, verifying. And, um, it, it, it's small enough that it could fit inside You could, so with the current Bitcoin set, with the, sorry, with the current Bitcoin UTXO set, it's like four to five gigabytes. It's not feasible to have that as a browser extension or, or like have it embedded in some app. Uh, with UTXO, you can. And so that's one of the, that's one of the advantages that I see that brings to Bitcoin users. And another thing that I do want to mention is that with U-tree Excel it's possible to have not a node, but a client software that validates blocks. So it's a fully validating uh client software. So we know. So. As you've said, um, there's only so many people running nodes. And if you don't run a node, someone's going to have to run a node for you. And that takes away the, the, the qualities that we like about Bitcoin. And so if you really want those qualities, you need to run a node. But so the idea here is... What if you can validate blocks and you can validate transactions? So you won't necessarily relay them. So you won't be helping others. But can you just validate them? So you 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 gain the properties of Bitcoin that that really is useful. And with G2XO, you feasibly can. And so you wouldn't necessarily be broadcasting transactions or broadcasting nodes. You would only be listening from. It could be a server, or it could, it could be from a different. Nodes like it could be a P two P network, but you can get blocks and get transactions and validate them. And I think that's uh, that has a real use case. And I think that will bring uh, the security benefits and the privacy benefits of running a node into people that really can't either. know, they they don't have the technical technology. (laughs) They don't have the knowledge to do so, or they're just not bothered to do so.
0: Right, and so. Coming back to that example with a browser UTXO node, yes, would that also work in a Lightning context? Like ten, like basically, I guess the question I'm asking is, can UTXO work alongside a Lightning for a Lightning user?
1: I have talked to a few LDK people about this back in um, um, Atlanta last year at the at the um, Atlanta conference. TavCon. yeah, at the, yep. at the Tavconf, and. Uh, I'm not quite familiar with uh, the the requirements that Lightning nodes have from a, a Bitcoin node, uh, but what I did hear what I did hear was that um, like. Like something like LDK has the option to connect to like an Electrum background. So if you have some sort of like Electrum server thing running, you can connect LDK to that and then you'll just have like a, a lightning node working. What I am working on and what the release that we have, uh, the release that we're doing in a few months, what it will include is the option to have an Electrum server going for you. And so it'll be something like an Electrum personal server where it won't, it won't, um, index every single address in the world it's just it'll index your address so you'll give it like your your pub key your your extended pub key and it'll it'll generate addresses and it'll keep track of your addresses and so feasibly yes you could uh because it 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 will support the um it'll su- it'll have electrum support out of the box uh, you can connect uh your lightning lightning nodes to it or like like something like ldk to it and have have it working that way right, i'm yeah. not <laughs> i'm not quite sure how yeah so so my my lightning knowledge is not good enough for me to answer hey like it, it will this right. work, Would it work with yeah, lightning yeah, yeah. or not yeah but i mean it might
0: make more sense in the on-chain and um environment than uh let's say yeah you just want to be able to quickly i guess in this example, if if you're use if you're trying to have it with a browser, you might not really want the key the private keys in the browser. But right, it might right. be like a watching yeah. thing or it might be yeah, like a way for you to uh in the same way that you have like Spectre or Sparrow or one of these things where the hardware device is, you know, is separated right. from the right, right. you know, but the wallet or right. the applic let's say the transaction viewer is it could be in a browser, let's say. Right. Um maybe that's an example of how it could yeah. look. So I guess if it's a few kilobytes, what we're talking about is in the u xo world, let's say we're doing u it's a few kilobytes or one kilobyte. Does that mean you also need to store every transaction you're involved with? So that's kind of the real storage
1: requirement. <laughs> so so there, there is a catch to like the kilobyte thing. Uh, the kilobyte only uh, on, is only for the UTXO set. So like the UTXO set that was four to five gigabytes, it's now a kilobyte. Uh, the real kicker is, or the, the real... real what the real problem is that the the headers are bigger than a kilobyte. Like the the entire headers that you would download. That's bigger. Like your peer database. Like you keep a database of like which peers you're connected to. That's bigger than a kilobyte. Uh, if you have like an Electrum personal server going, you're you're keeping the relevant transactions and the the relevant uh, information with them, and that's way bigger than a kilobyte. And so. There is a cache, yeah. So the node itself, yeah, it's a kilobyte. But if you want to do, like, I guess, uh, stuff like wallets or, or be able to actually use the node so that you can um, connect your wallets to it, yeah, it's going to be bigger than a kilobyte. I see, yeah. So where do you see the most practical uses then? Is it
0: mobile users? Is it, you know, just random web users? Like, where, where is the
1: most practical use case going to be for UtreeXO? i'm really excited about like the client side bitcoin validation part, and so because we don't really have that at the moment uh it's like hey, go run a note but but i can't tell my mom to go to run a note i don't i don 't think she'll be able to it, it's very difficult for for there there are people that would benefit a lot from the properties that bitcoin has but you, you don't get those benefits if you don't run a node. And, and that's a real ki- deal killer for a lot of people. And, and I think that's stopping a lot of people from from actually taking advantage of this, of the properties that Bitcoin has. And so I think the, the, the client aspect of Utrixo is something that I think is really exciting and, and something that I think will help a lot of people.
0: Okay, great. And so let's talk a little bit about the trust assumptions here. So could you help us understand what kind of trust assumptions a UtreXO user is making versus not using mm. UtreXO?
1: Um so your Utrexo is a full node. I think people sort of miss like confuse this a lot and think Utrexo is like a SPV thing. It's a full node. It 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 has the same security as a full node, but it's Consensus wise, like code wise, it, it's a little different. So a normal Bitcoin node, when it stores the UTXO set, it, it uses something called level DB. So it uses a database and it uses something called level DB. Um, so consensus is sort of defined partly by level DB and I, I'm not saying that there is, but if Level DV has a bug, then and let's say some trend, some UTXO doesn't exist, then that is consensus by definition. Um, with UTXO, so you don't have that assumption, but you have the like the UTXO so proof model assumption. So it's 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 different. Uh, so you're not. I wouldn't say you're necessarily giving up any sort of security. You're still a full node. You're still validating every single block and every single transaction that you're getting except that if there is a consensus failure, uh there's going to be a split. And so that that is something that users that that is some, that is a risk that users will have if they run utxo. So. Yeah. And to be fair,
0: that same ri- that would be the same risk as if you are running LibBitcoin or BTCD or NOT or something like this, right? It,
1: it'll also be the same risk versus if you're running like an older version of Bitcoin Core. So if you're running like Bitcoin Core 21, right. it's different from 24. And so you could argue that... Yeah, I think it's fair to argue that, hey, like this is much bigger of a change than different versions of Bitcoin Core, but that there is a risk that is uh, carried when you switch versions or, or have run a different node software or something like that.
0: This show is also brought to you by Coinkite.com. Coinkite.com make a range of Bitcoin hardware and accessories, most notably the Cold Card Mark IV. So the Cold Card is an excellent device. I find it really reliable and particularly important is the idea that you don't have to phone home to use it. You can just plug it into the wall. You can spin it up. You can generate your seed words. You can then use it with wallets like Spectre Desktop, Sparrow, Electrum or others and you can use it in all kinds of configurations. There's all kinds of different pins and configurations that you can use to help secure your Bitcoin for the long haul. So go to coincard.com. You can find a range of gear there, whether that's the cold card or the tap signer or other material. And get a discount on your cold cards with the code Levera. Build on L2 is a community initiative for Bitcoin builders by Blockstream. This is particularly important if you are interested in core lightning or the liquid network. There's a range of technologies that they are discussing on the community forums. You can see discussion about things like confidential transactions, mini script, Liquidity ads, green light, and all kinds of stuff. This is an interactive community platform where, if you are a builder, a product manager, a designer, an engineer, or just an interested person, you can find out more. There is a mentorship program, there are events, as well as discussion forums to learn alongside other Bitcoiners. So go sign up, it's over at buildonl2.com. And lastly unchained capital unchained capital provide security services to help you secure your bitcoin and they do it in a way that's secure transparent easy to use and sovereign you can create a multi-signature vault where you hold two keys in different locations and unchained hold the third key they can even help you walk you through the process ...with a product called Concierge Onboarding. So you can buy this package, you can pay up front, they'll ship you the devices if you need them... ...and they'll do a call with you to walk you through the process of learning how to become self-sovereign... ...and remove single points of failure in your multi-signature setup, in your Bitcoin security setup. And this can give you that additional peace of mind to know that one mistake is not going to totally screw you over. So go to unchained.com, click Concierge, and use code Levera for a discount there. And now, back to the show. So... uh, I'm also curious, are there any interoperability concerns? Like, could it ever fall out of sync with Bitcoin Core? I guess that's what you're saying. Like, theoretically, it could fall out of sync with Bitcoin Core and then those users could be, like, kind of up the creek without a paddle theoretically uh, of course i mean as another example could we see what happened i'm sure you were seeing uh, what happened with uh, btcd and barack with those uh, lnd transactions that so as i understand it was like the way the transactions were being passed over the wire compared to what was a valid transaction in to be in
1: a block or in a mm-hmm. transaction so could a similar thing like that happen I'm not saying that there is a bug, but let's say there is a bug in the Utrex implementation, like the actual, like the Merkle tree side of things. If there is a bug there and it says that, hey, like this proof for a block is invalid when it in reality it really is valid, but it's just the implementation bug. Yeah, it, it's something like that could happen and a fork could happen. But... I want to say it's it, that that is the same risk you carry if you're running something like LibBitcoin, like BTCD, Bitcoin. It's just there there is the risk of different implementation, like different node implementation. But there, the, you're not really fundamentally giving. You're, you're still a full node. You're not. You're not. You're not becoming an SV
0: yeah. node. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I think that's fair. And I think um, it's uh, yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting to see if 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 Utriexo. Enables new kinds of users or clients, like you said, a validating client idea that, uh, let's say, our moms and grandmas could be using Bitcoin in a more self sovereign way than, let's say, you or I or our, the listeners of this show maybe are probably more inclined to be able to, or at least be able to run their own thing and do their own thing. So, yeah, I, I think that'll be an interesting aspect. So in order to be a U3XO node, we're still relying on enough people who are running like proofs, right? Or enough people who are serving up. Like, do we need there to be enough, let's call it like UTXO, or sorry, U3XO servers, let's say, uh, yeah, or yeah, we it doesn't call, really matter?
1: <laughs> we call them bridges uh, because... Bridges, okay, yeah. So the proof, someone needs to provide the proof. And um, those we can sort of soft fork in that and so say hey the proof needs to be included in the coinbase transaction we're not going that we're not going to do a software (laughs) so no soft forks, but you need these bridge nodes that take in blocks from the existing bitcoin nodes currently and make utrexo proofs for them and so we need these bridge nodes to be to be running and so if you're like a eutrixl node that is like a kilobyte we call them compact state nodes and so if you're if you are this compact state node then you need these bridges up and running to be able to validate new blocks so if, if a new block is there and there are no bridges at all then um unfortunately you won't be able to verify that new block so there is okay. a new data available uh, data availability um sort of a trust assumption um, it's not different well in my opinion I don't think it's different from the assumption that a prune node has versus an archival node so let's say a prune node it, it, something goes wrong and, and you need to re-index you expect there to be enough archival nodes for you to be able to do that and so I, I don't think that's a different model than the current one that we have today versus archival and uh, pruned uh, versus like, so archival nodes would be like akin to bridge nodes and like the pruned nodes would be uh, akin to uh, compact state nodes. Uh, one thing I should mention is that these bridge nodes can also be pruned. So you could be an archival bridge node or you could also be a pruned bridge node. Uh, UTXO only applies to the UTXO set. So when I say bridge, you are a bridge in the sense that you're bridging the, the UTXO sets and, and the UTXO people, not the, the pruned or archival sense. Right, I see. Yeah,
0: it's like a confusing... Yeah, you're right. So basically the point we're talking about here is the distinction between the UTXO set and the blocks. Because you can be pruned and not care about the old blocks... But the UTXO set is a requirement regardless of how, like, if you want to use Bitcoin full stop, you need, you need to access that. You need to use
1: that. So we're introducing two extra sorts of node modes. So right now, there's really only two, right? Archival, pruned. Uh, you could be a compact state node that is archival, and you could also be a compact state node that is pruned. You can be a bridge node that is archival, and you could be a bridge node that is pruned. So so four new okay. extra modes of Bitcoin. Gotcha. And I mean, of course, we're early days
0: right now. Could you <laughs> tell us a little bit about what state this is in today and, and just yeah. explain a little bit about where we are today?
1: Okay. So um, some of the stuff that I did early on uh, was there Are a lot of research stuff going on as well. And so we've figured out uh, new algorithms to have like to be faster and to uh have less to to require less bandwidth for the proof so so smaller proofs and that part like the 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 u like the merkle tree stuff is all it's all good uh we're good to go and i haven't wrote up a spec for it i haven't wrote up a bit for it but we are able to write a bit for it. Everything is complete. Uh, what is not complete is the P2P layer part. And so how how like the messages would work. So how would a block message look like with u proofs? How would a transaction message look like with U3XO proofs? Uh, that part hasn't been fully fleshed out yet. And that is what we're still working on. Uh, but besides that, everything is really uh, complete and good to go. Okay, yeah. And so
0: this is... I think I saw an email on the Bitcoin dev list. He said, using service bit 24. So this is the idea to start in the test, you know, test net and SIGNET. And so the idea is eventually, like once it, once it's all good and let's say it goes to mainnet, all the nodes are just out there and they can easily talk to each other just th- through the peer-to-peer protocol of Bitcoin in a decentralized way. That's the that's the goal, right? Yes, that is the goal. Okay, great. Um. So in terms of... um. Timing? Could you tell us what are you looking at in terms of like having, uh, you mentioned a binary yes. uh, that's going to be available for people?
1: Actually, we could have just released something uh, months ago, but we're just like, okay, it's just a node. It's not doing anything for users. It's, it's not like that you could connect your wallet to it or, or whatever, and so one of the things that we were talking about was that hey we really need some sort of a wallet for this and so what i've been working on for the past few months is this electrum server that that connects to a watch only wallet with the binary so when you start up the node it'll ask you for like um extended pub key and if you give it that extended pub key uh it'll it'll take that in and then it'll create like this Electrum personal server and uh, you could connect your any sort of wallet that uses the Electrum protocol. So I've been testing on Nunchuck and the Electrum wallet. There's some kinks still to be worked out, but most things are working. And so we're not quite there to the finish line yet which is sort of disappointing for me to say but um we're getting very close and it's it won't be something like hey like this is out there and you no know, it's just a node it doesn't do anything useful um it, it'll be something where hey like if you run this you'll, you'll obviously have to be a power user because it's just the binary and um you'll have to configure like uh, the port settings and like port forwarding and stuff but For power users, it could really play around with this. And so at the moment, I've had, um, Signet connected and I've, I've been using the Nunchuck wallet and the Electrum wallet. And I've been able to send broadcast transactions, receive bitcoins and, and, you know, fully be, be able to prove them. And so, well, to, to be fully able to validate them. Sorry. And so. It's working. I'm excited. Um excited to to get these into the hands of users soon. Yeah. And one other question,
0: when it turns, when it comes to putting in an extended pub key or xpub, can you can we also do like multi-signature? So let's say I have a let's say I'm running a two of three multi-signature. Do I need to put in all three public keys or like how would how would that work?
1: You would need to put in all three public keys. Um like I've, an output descriptor as an example. Right? Yes. I've not Had the time to deal with that yet? So it's not supported. Only single six are supported. But um,
0: but eventually the the goal would be that that you could do that kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I guess what we're seeing is this could be like an Electrum personal server model. And so as we said, we as we said, it's an availability concern. So you know, it's not a trusting concern. It's a data availability of are there enough bridges? Or uh, so. I guess. Let me make sure I'm understanding this correctly. If we want to operate in a U3XO model, let's say I'm just an average user, and I, you know, I, I'm not really able to run a full Bitcoin node today. And I want. To, I'm like, oh, hey, Calvin, this sounds cool. Let me do this U3XO thing. Let me be a compact state node. What I'm relying on is there being enough bridge nodes, right? That's basically yes. what it yes. is.
1: Are there enough people running nodes so that I can get proofs for them? Gotcha. That that is your concern
0: right and so let's say i'm that user and i want to do a 3 compact state node and i want to run a kind of an equivalent of an electrum personal server that's the concern it's just as long as there's enough bridges i presume you're going to run one and there'll be a few other yes you know, enthusiasts <laughs> yeah. who are running yeah. the bridge nodes to kind of be the like the seeds to get get it started or get people you know help people start and then the goal is that more people can be a client side validating, or like a client, a validating client is probably the best term to use, right? Right, right. Okay, great.
1: So, um, I I I should add one thing. Um, I've seen this like data availability <laughs> availability concern a lot, and one of the things you can do to solve this problem is you could just software get in, and so you you don't so you just make sure every node is carrying the proof and like have the proof inside the Coinbase TX. And so, you can solve it by just forcing everyone to keep it. If if it if the demand right. really gets higher, if high the community enough. wanted
0: that, and let's say there was lots of users who use XO compact state nodes, then maybe there would be a discussion in the community of, "Hey, do we want this?" As because as I understand, it would only be a little extra data and a little extra
1: computation on the. Full nodes, right? It's so so uh, full clarity. It's not a little extra data. It's like okay, one point eight. So if like a block is two megabytes, um, the proof will be somewhere around one point. I mean, it, it depends, but it'll be like one point three megabytes or something. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so it
0: is it is a rise or an increase in the bandwidth, let's say,
1: and, and, and the storage. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So that's what the bridge node has to take on let's say so that the compact state nodes can have can be served the data
1: so so i want to make this clear as well and so you could be a compact state node and be an archival node and have the proof stored for historical blocks bridge nodes the only thing they do is well you can be like an archival bridge as well but bridge nodes their role is to convert uh, like to so in a world without if we started at genesis with utri we wouldn't need bridges but since we didn't do that we need these bridge nodes to generate proofs for incoming blocks because blocks are created without utri-xl proof so we need some 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 of these nodes to create those proofs and once those proofs are created um like csns can store like the compact state nodes can store it and so Historic For historical blocks, uh, you, you can either be a bridge node, you could be a compact state node and have the proof for that block. It's only okay. for generating new blocks and, and, and new transactions. So it's only for generating proofs for new blocks and new transactions. And one other thing I've seen, so, so
0: some of the blog posts and things I've been looking at it seems to, well, maybe this is just done for the sake of example. Maybe you could help explain that for me. It's like showing at block 600,000 and block 700,000. Is there a reason for that? Or is it just more like in, in Utre, let's say we're in U3XO world. Are they generating a new proof every block or is it only like certain big blocks and then they calculate a difference or how uh, can you explain okay. that for me?
1: So think you might have read like the bitmex blog post but um so yeah, there was
0: a plug i think it was called yeah.
1: out of order Block yeah, validation yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so that was a fun researchy thing that i've did um during my first and second year of working on the project and so uh so so to answer your question first um for every block a proof is generated right. but gotcha. well, but we also have the option to generate a proof at like every intervals of 10 so like at block 10 we generate a proof and but we've generated a proof and, and you as a compact state node have to cache things in between so that's like a caching optimization is not fully fleshed out so so there are also ideas that we have to reduce the the amount of bandwidth that nodes have to like that they have to burden and so I think some of that might be that might be related to that but, okay um, yeah that, that's
0: probably my confusion okay gotcha yeah no thank you for clarifying okay yeah. cool
1: yeah so I wanted to get to like the out of order stuff and so yeah um, one of the fun things that we figured out you can do is if you have like these tiny states like the tiny UTXO states what you can do is you could just start validating blocks from that point on so if I give you the UTXO like the the, the the U-checks of roots, we call, like the so the yeah. compact uh, representation. If I give you the roots at block 500,000, you can start validating blocks. You can start validating the block 500,001. And so I could give you the roots at block 100,000, and you can validate block 100,001. And so what this allows us to do is it allows us to you know, validate blocks out of order. And this opens up to validating blocks in parallel. So, in normal IBD mode, you could, you have to start from Genesis. You have to start from, uh, 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and, and so on and so forth. But if you, so this also goes back to like, okay, so like assume u So if we assume u xo every 10 blocks, so like assume u xo block 10, block 20, block 30, block 40, then we can parallelly validate all these blocks at once. And, and that has, potential to uh, that has potential to massively um, massively speed up IBD and the the blog post that I wrote up um, I did benchmarks and uh, I have forked a I forked BTCD and my fork of BTCD with this idea was able to sync faster than Bitcoin Core at the time Um, and was about 63 percent faster so it's not really an apples to apples comparison because BTCD normally is much, much slower than Bitcoin Core at uh, IBD. And so, you know, have the same thing in Bitcoin Core uh, and it'll be able to dramatically increase, uh, dramatically speed up how long IBD takes.
0: Okay, gotcha. So this is like an extra, this is extra credit, right? This is kind of as, as separate from the base yep. u idea, right? Just right. to be clear what we're talking about, right? Right yeah okay so uh do you see any other i guess implications for the you know the community the ecosystem of people using more people let's say lots of people start using Utrixo do you think that changes any other dynamic about bitcoin or not really? It just means more people
1: can validate the problem that I see today is that not many people are getting the benefits of of you know being self sovereign like the, the whole point of Bitcoin is that hey it's it's you can validate it's like you have this uh like the supply limit and you can validate this limit. But if you're not running a full node today, you're not validating those things. You're you're trusting a third party to do that for them. And so you really, really want to run a node if you want to take advantage, full advantage of, of all the properties that Bitcoin um, Bitcoin gives. And so what i think utrexo will allow people to do is hey you know if you if i want mom to have like uh like the, the take you know be be self-custodial and be self-sovereign hey mom go download this app and the, the app is a wallet but it doesn't doesn't reach out to like a electrum server and you give all your data to them uh except what you would do is you would just download blocks as normal and you would have all the Advantages, all all the um, all, all all the advantages that you would get with the full node, in that you validate everything, you have the privacy, and, and those things. And so, I don't see U2XO as something that changes fundamentally how how people uh, perceive Bitcoin, but it it, it brings the existing qualities of bitcoin to more people
0: yeah that's a great way to explain it and i think it is also worthwhile elaborating a bit on the privacy benefit because uh, could you could you explain a little bit about that like i guess today if somebody is using a public server or i guess look a lot of people today they leave their coins with an exchange with a custodian like that's like the worst of all worlds then maybe the next then maybe the next step is people just get a wallet and that wallet is calling out to somebody else's server um so i guess in a utriaxo world do you see privacy benefits for those average users?
1: Yes, um, and that's because so yeah, the worst case, you're, you're on Coinbase or any other centralized exchange, and they have all your information. The KYC you, you, they have every, they know everything about you. They know they know your face, your address, whatever. Uh, that's the worst. Um, the, I guess like a step up from that is, you know, self custodying your coins. And, and that's good because now, OK, Coinbase just can't or like the centralized exchange just can't run off with your coins. That's good. But but you still have like the privacy implications in that for most wallets, they just connect to a public Electrum server. And what you would do is you would give that Electrum server all the addresses and and like all the here is all the addresses that I control. Please tell me if I have coins and hey okay so it, the server tells me i have coins okay please send me the transaction and you're revealing a lot about you and we <laughs> this is this is also sort of a speculation but like we know like something like coin like like chain analysis is running a lot of electrum servers because it allows them to track it gives them extra to, that's that's an extra tool for them to you know break people's privacy and and keep track of like who who owns which address this i p controls this and you know and it, it it's very it's not good in the privacy perspective
0: yeah so i think that's that's probably an angle that you could really get out there and promote you could sort of say, hey guys look many of you currently today are just Use, giving up your full privacy when you use Bitcoin whereas if we had Utree xo you might be more private from chain analysis and other surveillance entities out there
1: and I guess another thing that I could mention is that uh, Electrum protocol depends on SPV proofs and so you only have SPV security uh, it means that if enough miners are dishonest then they could like um have a longer proof of work chain or and then like they could fool you with that. They could they could um potentially fork you off from the main chain. So so you would be so so an SPV proof you're really trusting the miners. Uh with uh Utrecht SO node, you no longer have that assumption because you're a full node. So you you also get that additional security benefit.
0: Gotcha. I'm also curious if I don't know if you've run any benchmarks on comparisons of the overall bandwidth. So let's say to be a 3 U3XO node, or in this case, I guess, a 3 bridge versus merely being a Bitcoin archival node with z- like not caring about u at all. I'm curious if you have any numbers for us or any.
1: I don't wanna, well, I, I have concrete numbers, uh, <laughs> but um, I, I don't wanna say they're final because there's a lot of optimizations that are ideas at the moment that, that we haven't really got to implementation. We haven't really got to implementing them yet. And so at the moment, uh, the worst possible during IVD is 2x. So normally you would download like 400 to 500 gigabytes. Uh, With Utrek, so you would be downloading like 800 to 900. Um, It's a little less than that, but it's like about 2x. So that's like the maximum. It's like, hey, how how worse will it get, will, how how much worse will it get during IBD? It's like 2x. Um when you're all synced up and when you're receiving transactions, um the worst case is you receive so if if receiving a normal transaction is like 100%, you would be doing uh 400%. So so let's say if like a transaction is I don't know, a kilobyte, then it's like you'll be getting 4 kilobytes instead of 1 kilobyte. Okay. So that is that is the absolute worst case so i want to yeah, re-emphasize that yeah there are yeah. many many optimizations that we haven't implemented yet yeah and those
0: so are coming. what would you say is likely let's say if that's if, if let's say ibd is 2x as bad and syncing is 4x as bad from a bandwidth point of view what what would you say is the likely
1: at least given what we know today so it really depends on how much you want to cash if you want to cache more things, so like, it's like if you have more RAM on your system, then you can dramatically reduce the, the amount of things you will download. And that goes for IVD and that goes for when you're getting transactions. And so it, it's really hard for me to say, yeah, 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 go gotcha,
0: ahead. Gotcha, yeah. And to be clear, we're talking about in the bridge context, right? If you are just a... Oh, no, this, this, is, use- this is for bridge yeah.
1: and, and uh, compact sleep nodes. Okay, gotcha. So for both,
0: okay. for both for both
1: and then oh wait sorry sorry for bridges you wouldn't be downloading so you would be normal bitcoin node so you wouldn't yeah. be downloading anything extra but you will be serving extra things to other nodes so you'll yeah, have gotcha. that yeah right
0: because the whole point i was confused yeah, because yeah. the whole point is that the compact state <laughs> node doesn't have <laughs> yeah, to yeah. yeah yeah gotcha so so the idea is if you want to be a bridge and help other u users you're paying a little bit more let's say but the compact state node, you know, mom doesn't have to because she's just using in her browser or something like this or some, like, cut down application. And who knows, maybe in the future we see some of these existing wallets and applications come out with Utree support. So, as an example, let's say if Nunchuck had u support or if, you know, Sparrow or Spectre had it, maybe maybe that's something there that you could tell mom hey use this but put it in utri mode so you don't have to download the full chain if you think she's not capable you know etc
1: i would love that future I, I look forward to a future <laughs> like that well
0: let's see i mean this i guess it has to kind of get proved out but um i guess that's that's the that's the goal right um that is the goal. so yeah so, I guess we've spoken a bit about Utrexo. So, is there anything, I guess, broader like in Bitcoin, Lightning or whatever else that you see you're uh,
1: interested in or you, you would like to see? <laughs> I was... Um, I, I've been pondering this for, for a bit and um, it, it, I was like, okay, if I get done with Utrexo, I want to do Electrum Protocol V2. It's just... There's so many things that are very inefficient with the Electrum protocol. And, and I just haven't noticed as before because, you know, like it works fine, right? But actually doing the implementations of, of like the Electrum personal server on, on the Utrek cell node, it's like, oh my God, why are we doing it this way? This is this is so ridiculously inefficient. It doesn't need to be this inefficient. And so that's why I was sort of thinking, hey, like we're doing like Stratum V2, right? Why not Electrum V2? <laughs> So, what kind of it, what kind of improvements do you see? Like, is it would it
0: be like at the indexing size or at the bandwidth level or what, oh what?
1: oh all levels? It's like <laughs> you you don't need to send. So, so one of the things that I think is really frustrating is that uh, when you run when you ask for to the Electrum server, like how much like how much bitcoins do I control? You don't give the address, but you get you, you hash. The, the PK script So you hash the script And then you give that hash to the server And say hey if there's any updates to this hash Then send me a status update And status is The concatenation Of every single transaction that has happened For this address And uh, it sends that over And so every time there is a new So if, you, if your address You're using And you're running an Electrum server You're hashing all this thing Every single time something new happens, and so for for this address, if something like if if a transaction happens in the mempool, that is that is a hash. If if all these transactions get confirmed in the block, that's more hashes, and so and, and this hash really only provides very little data. It provides whether something happened or something didn't happen. Sorry if I'm going off on this. And no, so, I actually <laughs> find
0: it interesting. I mean, I've, I've been using Electrum for a long time. I've used various different Electrum, but I'm not a developer, right? So I haven't looked into the, you know, I've just blindly just kind of used it, right? But it's interesting to hear. So,
1: so for you, yeah, yeah. So for you, when you're running an Electrum server, you're doing all these unnecessary hashes because the protocol itself sucks. <laughs> and so there's no reason for you to do those hashes. And, and there's also no reason for, so. When the server sends a status update, you will ask for all the transactions that has ever happened. Even if you have them, you will ask for them. There's no reason for you to you know, use up the bandwidth. And, and so this is the stuff that I see as very annoying and that could use uh, just to overhaul and, and do like an Electrum V2. So that's, that's probably what I would Want to get to and once I get finished with tricks up, but um, no, that's cool, that's yeah, interesting. I mean, uh, it's a perspective I <laughs> haven't really heard
0: to be honest. So, hey, g- good on you for uh, finding that kind of stuff. And you know, I, yeah, I wonder, yeah, I, I mean, part of me is thinking maybe it's like a Chesterton's fence thing, maybe some of these things they exist for a reason we don't understand, or they were put in, um, maybe. Yeah, but I, I again... I uh, yeah. Years
1: ago and just no one bothered to fix yeah, them. Yeah,
0: or, or I guess the Chesterton's fence thing is that it exists for a reason that we don't understand. And then if you take it away, then maybe, you know, I don't know. But I think you're probably right there. Oh, though. no, no, no. It's, it's definitely yeah. not that. It's definitely not that. <laughs> okay, so it really... They really could save a lot of bandwidth, a lot of um, effort, um, computation, I guess.
1: Actually, um, one thing... The one reason you could be doing that hashing is because uh, Electrum X is meant to support Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. So when when the protocol was originally made, it it's designed to support Bitcoin oh, and Bitcoin right. Cash. So it might have had something to do with that, but that's not a reason we care I about. Mean, <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's not a reason. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool, cool. Well, um, okay. So look, uh, let's wrap up. I guess we've spoken about a lot of stuff. Let's just try to summarize and make sure everyone's following along. So. U3XO, we, uh, let me summarize how I see it, and you tell me if I'm getting it wrong or right. So, U3XO, we can think of it like a way to dramatically compact the UTXO set, right? Which is about four or five gigs today. Yes. It could dramatically increase the availability for people around the world to validate Bitcoin as opposed to just trusting. Yes. It could improve the privacy, but the downside is let's say at the bridge level, somebody's got to be serving this up, and for them, they're paying a cost in terms of extra bandwidth, extra. You know, hard drive, etc. But given what we have today, it might be beneficial overall from a privacy and a validation perspective. So I guess that's kind of how I would summarize it. It exists today in testnet and signet, but we're hoping that it can go to mainnet with a binary, as you mentioned.
1: I- I'm testing on testnet and signet. Uh, there's no really nodes that are out there, but um, that that is coming.
0: Soon. Fantastic. Okay, so for anyone who wants to find out more or get involved, what's the best way to Find out more or follow you online?
1: Uh, I am on Twitter on Calvin Alvin. That's like K-Calvin Alvin with an extra N on at the end. Kind of confusing. You could just search Calvin Kim Bitcoin and like some BitMEX thing will pop up and you could follow me through there. Fantastic. <laughs> well, uh,
0: yeah, thanks for joining me today and explaining u xo for me and uh, for the listeners.
1: Uh, I hope I was articulate enough for uh, your listeners to... No, I think, was,
0: I think it was good. I think, uh, I think uh, we'll, uh, we'll have to... I might have to listen again, but uh, I think it was good. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad. So if you learned something there, make sure to share the show with family and friends and get the show notes over at stefanlevera.com.